0: Good morning, Cornerstone Church. Thank the praise team this morning for that wonderful reminder that Jesus who died shall be satisfied. I like to say that. I like to imagine what that's going to be like. Jesus who died shall be satisfied the book of Revelation chapter 21 he declares behold I make all things new Jesus shall be satisfied and as much as I look forward to going to heaven I really look forward to the day when Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior is vindicated to this world I really look forward to the day when he makes his power and his presence known in such a way that it's undeniable to all of the naysayers, to all of those who would stand against him. Jesus who died shall be satisfied. But in the meantime, while you're going through the storm, the praise team reminded us that if it's not good, then it's not done. He's just not done with it yet. Be patient. Jesus who died shall be satisfied and you, brothers and sisters, you will be vindicated. You may be suffering today. You may be troubled in your heart and in your mind. Take courage today and be confident that if it's not good, then it's just not done. He's not done with it yet. In the end, we will win but encouraging thoughts. The great philosopher, Jackie Chan, you've probably heard of him. He once said, sometimes it takes only one act of kindness and caring to change a person's entire life. It was September 2017 when Hurricane Maria made landfall on the island of Puerto Rico. You probably remember that. Crippled the island, knocked out all of the power across the island, destroyed thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of homes, and killed over 3,000 people, Hurricane Maria. And upon learning the news, there was a man here in America who just felt compelled to go to the island and help. But because of his physical problems and his lack of skill, he really had not much to offer at all, but he still boarded the plane. And he went to Puerto Rico to help. And as they landed, all the other volunteers started taking up their positions. One was a carpenter, another electrician, and everybody had some skill, something that they brought to the table until finally there was no one left but him. And they asked him, what do you know how to do? How can you lend a helping hand? And he didn't know what to say to that. So he decided to go to a busy corner in Puerto Rico. And he put up a sign that simply said, free hugs. Free hugs. And it started off kind of slow, but by noontime, the man had a line of Puerto Ricans standing there waiting patiently in line just to receive a hug. Sometimes, as Jackie Chan says, sometimes it takes only one act of kindness. I'll add to that, one small act of kindness, one small act of caring, to change a person's life. Naomi and Ruth have lost everything. They've been devastated. They've lost their husbands, they've lost their homes, they've lost their sources of income. And besides losing these material things, Naomi seems to have lost her hope. They're devastated. But let's look here and see what a difference a little kindness can make. After Ruth returns home from gleaning the fields all day, she shares her grain with her mother-in-law, Naomi. And Naomi is surprised by Ruth's good fortune and she asks her the question, where did you glean today? Where did you work? But she's so excited to see all of the grain and to see this good fortune, she's so excited she doesn't even wait for Ruth to answer the question before invoking God. Naomi says, he who took notice of you, may he be blessed. He who took notice of you, Ruth, may he be blessed. There is a very subtle but powerful lesson that we can glean from Naomi's words here. That even when life is hard, even when our situation seems hopeless and we feel powerless, we still have the power to bless someone else. That even when we can't help ourselves, we can still be a blessing to others. Because our capacity to give, our capacity to love is unlimited. Our ability to love is our greatest gift. Naomi has all but confessed that she feels unblessed. That she feels rejected and abandoned by God. Yet Naomi still seems to believe that she has the power to invoke God's blessing onto someone else. Isn't that interesting? The homeless man on the street, the violent man sitting on death row, the businessman on Wall Street, the cancer patient in ICU, all of them have this incredible power in common. Each of them is authorized by the fact of their humanity to invoke God's blessing onto others, even if they can't secure it for themselves. What a power. And by Naomi's invocation of God, we can see that Naomi is starting to recover. She's starting to recover hope. All because of the kindness of one man toward Ruth, all because of this one gesture of goodwill. Proverbs chapter 15 verse four says that kind words are good medicine. Kindness is good medicine. In 2020, the Journal of General Internal Medicine published a paper. They titled this paper, If Kindness Were a Drug, the FDA would approve of it. In the article they note their findings that patients with compassionate doctors tend to have better outcomes. Have you ever heard that? Patients with compassionate doctors, patients with kind doctors, tend to have better outcomes. They tend to take their medications more consistently. They're much more confident in their ability to overcome their illnesses. They exhibit better control over their chronic disease. Patients who have kind doctors tend to have better outcomes. Boaz has given Naomi a lifeline of hope. And this lifeline has stabilized her spiritually. This lifeline has called her back into prayer. May the Lord bless him who took notice of you, this is the power of kindness to change people's lives. This is the power of kindness to change the world. And this just happens to be God's preferred approach for calling mankind back into right relationship with himself. In Genesis, in Jeremiah chapter three, verse three, God speaks to Israel and says this, I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore I have drawn you out with kindness. I have drawn you out, I have taken hold of you, I have seized you, I have taken captivity of you, I have captured you, not with rebuke, not with accusation, I have captured you with kindness. I have gotten your attention, I have captivated your mind by acts and by words of kindness. God's preferred approach is kindness. Jesus Christ being the express image of God the Father, Jesus took the same tact when he was here on earth. In Matthew chapter 11 verse five, Jesus gives his ministry progress report. And he says this, those who are blind receive sight. Those who are limp walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, and those who are deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them, kindness. And by these powerful acts of kindness, hopeless souls were revived. Countless outcasts were restored to community. Many people received the power to become children of God. Christ's acts of kindness inspired faith in God. Faith that God loves us, faith that God is able to restore us, faith and hope that God cares about us. Hope that we are not alone in this cold and in this callous world, all because of kindness. Boaz's kindness has done something similar to Naomi. And your kindness, brother, your kindness, sister, can have the same impact in this world today. To be helpful, to be attentive, to be encouraging, to be supportive. Because the truth of the matter is that's all this world really needs. People, even wicked sinners, are still not far from being saved. All some of them need is for the children of God to show them just a little kindness. As far as I could tell from Naomi's words so far in chapter one, Naomi is disgruntled, she's ungrateful, and she's generally depressed. Her mood and her tone had to have made it difficult to be around her, but instead of rebuking Naomi, Instead of reminding Naomi about how good God has been to her in the past, instead of berating her, God sent someone to show her kindness. To reassure Naomi that God has not forgotten about her. In a big city like Chicago, can you imagine how many people are giving up on life just because they feel insignificant? Can you fathom just how many people in this city feel forgotten and overlooked? When a person feels neglected and forsaken by society, it is all too easy to interpret the abandonment of men as abandonment by God. And without some sign of hope that God is for them, they have nothing left to live for. Their lives become chaotic and they make the lives around them chaotic. It is our responsibility, brothers and sisters, as mouthpieces of Jesus Christ, to reassure the sinner that God has not abandoned them. It is each of our obligation under God to show kindness to our neighbor, the saved and the unsaved alike. So, so, so Ruth told her mother-in-law, the name of the man with whom I work today is Boaz. His name is Boaz. Now, I'm not good with names. Anybody who's been around me any amount of time know that I'm not good with names at all. I can meet somebody today, it's the truth. And if you ask me their name two days from now, I'll give you a good description of them, but I can't seem to recall their name. But do you know the names I always remember? I remember the names of the people that God placed in my life at pivotal moments who helped me get through the hard places of life, who opened doors of opportunity for me, people who encouraged me and who lifted me up when I was spiraling down. I remember their names. And every once in a while in prayer, I call out those names before God and I ask God to bless them. Do you ever do this? Do you ever look back over your life and think of the people who were at the pivotal junctures of life who helped you get over? Do you ever remember them and recall them and ask God to bless them? It's a good practice, it's a healthy practice. No one is an island unto themselves. All of us, each of us has stood on someone else's shoulders at some point in our lives. None of us are self-made. And this is a blow to my pride to say it, but it's true. The only reason humanity still exists in the world today is because of our interdependence on one another. It is because we have watched out for one another at crucial moments throughout history. The world is still turning this very moment because God has invested his gift of kindness into the hearts of mankind. And because of kindness and goodwill, we together have been able to weather every storm. Kindness. Hmm. But it does appear today that love is waxing cold just like Jesus Christ predicted it would. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 12. There seems to be a shortage of goodwill in the world. Anger and strife, envy and fighting and tearing. There is a shortage of kindness in this world. But it should never be said that the church of Jesus Christ is an accomplice in this chaos. The love of the believer must never run dry. The candle of our kindness should always burn brightest from the house of our God. And if we commit to being a blessing, we will be blessed by God and we will be favored by men. His name is Boaz. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed of the Lord who has not withdrawn his kindness from the living And from the dead. (laughs) Well, Naomi is turning out to be rather wise, isn't she? Naomi is wise enough to discern that Boaz's kindness toward she and toward Ruth is actually a reflection of God's kindness toward them. But Ruth is also wise enough to know that Boaz's kindness is not just about her. It's also about her husband. Hmm. Boaz has shown kindness both to the living and to the dead. You know, the self-centered believer often makes the mistake of thinking that the blessings of the Lord that fall down upon them is only for them. That the blessings of God begin and end with them. But if we are to grow in Jesus Christ, we have to understand that God uses us, his people, as conduits of his mercy to others. That sometimes and very often God blesses me so that I can bless someone else. God's blessings are not designed to stop with me. Every believer is a repository of God's grace. And God stores his tender mercies in each of us. And what he expects of us is that when we see another person in need, that we'll open up his storehouse and give to them as he has invested in us. So that someone else can have access to the divine providence of God. We are merely storehouses, repositories of the blessings of God. If God has given you comfort, he's not just giving you comfort for your sake. If God has given you comfort, you have a responsibility to share that comfort with others. If God has given you peace, you have a responsibility to share that peace with someone else. If God has given you material wealth, your hands should be open to help those who are in material need. You are merely a repository of the good things of God a storehouse of God's goodwill. You are a distribution center where God stores up his riches to provide to those who are in need. And therefore we should always hold on to our blessings loosely because we never know when God is going to require that we give the blessing away to another soul who has a need. Boaz has done well. Boaz has honored Naomi, Boaz has honored Ruth. Boaz has even honored his kinsman Elimelech by showing kindness to his widow. Again Naomi said to her, this man Boaz is our relative. He is one of our redeemers. What is a redeemer? According to Jewish tradition, a redeemer is a person who has the right and the responsibility to act on behalf of a relative who is in trouble, in danger, or in need. Boaz is one of our redeemers. He has the right and he has the responsibility to act on our behalf to deliver us from trouble and danger and need. A redeemer. It involves the idea of restoration and recovery. So for example, Moses is called redeemer in Acts chapter seven verse 35. Moses is called a redeemer because he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses is a redeemer. He brought Israel out of slavery. He brought them out of trouble. He restored them to freedom, a redeemer. And Boaz is a redeemer because of his position in the family. He has the right to restore the family property back to Elimelech's widow, Naomi, redeemer. You recall the book of Joshua, how that the land of Israel was allocated to every tribe individually. And then each tribe divided that land among all of the families of that tribe. So Elimelech was of the Elimelech clan. And of course his family was given their parcel of land. And Naomi's husband Elimelech as well as Boaz, they inherited that land from their forefathers. Well when when, when Naomi's husband got ready to leave Israel, apparently he sold his land. Now somebody else owns it and Naomi has nothing at all. But because Boaz is a relative, he has the right to buy that land back and to restore it to Elimelech's family, a redeemer. And he wasn't the only one, apparently. She says that he is one of our redeemers. So that every male in Elimelech's clan has the same right as Boaz, to restore them. And just as Boaz had the power to restore Naomi's material possessions, Jesus Christ is our redeemer who has the power and the right to restore us to the place of spiritual health and of spiritual life. Jesus Christ is our one true redeemer. He is the only mediator between God and man. He is our redeemer and he has the right, he has the responsibility to restore life to us. And why does he have that right? Jesus Christ has that right because Jesus Christ is our relative. You probably never thought of it like that. Jesus Christ is our relative. He's a part of the human family. He's one of us. I could stay right there all day. Jesus Christ is one of us. Sometimes in church we're so religious we make Jesus Christ to be this far off figure that we really can't understand. And No, no, he's one of us. <laughs> he's a human just like me, just like you. That's interesting. It's interesting. It's so powerful to think about that. He is a family member of ours. And because he's one of us, because Jesus has taken upon himself the form of a man, he has every right to redeem and to restore everything that we've lost. Because of sin, because of the bad decision that we've made to walk away from God, Jesus Christ is able to restore. And we like Elimelech, we left our first estate. We we, like Elimelech, we gave up on God in the garden. We chose a course that was not good for us and because of sin we died. But thank God our redeemer lives and he has shown kindness even to the dead. As Paul says, in that while we were yet sinners, our redeemer, Jesus Christ, died for the ungodly. He purchased our lives with his own blood. We have been restored through Jesus Christ, our redeemer. Hmm. Boaz here is a redeemer in the likeness of Christ but the scope of his redemptive power is limited. It's sufficient for Naomi's material needs, but it's not sufficient for her spiritual needs. The scope of Jesus Christ's redemptive power has no limitation. The scope of Christ's redemptive power encompasses all that was and all that is and whatever will be. Everything that is made and everything that is not made bows to the redemptive power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He has the right and he has the power to redeem all of creation, restore us all to our rightful place. And Jesus Christ has called on each of us to play a role in redeeming mankind. Jesus Christ is inviting you and inviting me to work with him in his quest for the redemption of all things. Paul the apostle calls us the ministers of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians chapter five. We, each of us, is a mini redeemer. Each of us has the right and each of us has the power to invest both naturally and spiritually into the lives of others and to help them recover. Redeemer. Boaz is a good example of what it means to show kindness, and to soften the hearts of men and of women by acts of kindness and his deeds of love. This morning, this morning I was coming to church, and I wanted to see something I was talking about, the fact that everybody has the ability to bless somebody else. The rich man, the poor man, the prisoner, the homeless man, Everybody can bless somebody else. No matter how low you are, you still have the ability to lift someone else up. That's amazing to me, that power that every human being has. And so I stopped at the corner over here and I said, I'm gonna see if this guy blesses me. (laughs) I let my window down, I pulled out a bill and I gave it to him and he said, God bless you man. God, and he probably says that to everybody. I don't know if he means it or not. God bless you man. And I just thought, you know, you're homeless and you think you have the power to bless me. Because you do. (laughs) Every human being has this capacity. Every one of us has this ability. And I'm, I'm asking you to ask God, how does he desire you to show kindness in this world? How does God want you to express his loving kindness to someone else? It's very important that we ponder this question. Service and acts of kindness is actually a part of your spiritual growth and development. It's actually a part of discipleship. In recovery program they always say, you haven't fully recovered until you can help somebody else. It's the same thing in the body of Christ. You have not fully recovered until you're able to turn around and bless someone else. It's a part of your growth and development, it's part of the curriculum to become mature in Jesus Christ, to learn how to give, to learn how to serve. Boaz took it upon himself, I don't know yet, I don't know yet whether Boaz realized he was their redeemer or not, but he took it upon himself to be a blessing to them, to help this family who was in need. Ask yourself the question, when is the last time you helped a family? Who are you helping right now? How are you showing the love and the kindness of Jesus Christ in this world? The world is so cold. There is so much bitterness, so much anger, so much animosity. And God is expecting his people to be here as a light that shines in darkness. To remind mankind that you are loved and your God is with you. What are you doing? How are you serving? How are you being a blessing? This is the question I want us to ponder this week. When I talk about service, when I talk about giving, when I talk about caring for others, I know I sound like a broken record sometimes. But I'm gonna keep on beating this drum. Because I know that this is a part of your spiritual curriculum. That this is the next step that you need to take to learn to serve and to give and to be a blessing to someone else, not just the people that you know. Jesus said, it's not enough to just give to your brothers and sisters, we expect you to do that. But to the stranger, to the person that you don't know, to the person that you don't understand, to the person that you may not even like, each of us is responsible to do this if we call ourselves the children of God and we are not serving and we are not being a blessing, there are a lot of questions that we have to answer. If we're fighting, if we're angry at this dying world, if we're judgmental of the sinner, if we're impatient with those who don't know Jesus Christ, you have to ask yourself the question. Because that attitude does not come from the Holy Spirit of God. God says, I have drawn you with loving kindness. Not with anger, not with animosity, not with argumentation, but with kindness. I was nice to you. This is the spiritual posture that our church is beginning to take now, as we go through the Sunday School lessons about service. This is is our opportunity. This is what it's all about. To take this next step in our spiritual growth and development to get out of our comfort zones and to go and to serve and to love someone who may be unlovable. I met a guy. And uh, he's a special, special needs person. And uh, his mother, they're very poor, they're very poor. And uh, they don't have a washing machine. He can't wash his clothes. And so I, 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 I got a hold to a little change that I wasn't expecting to get. And I was thanking God for my little change. And yeah, I'm going to go and get me. I like, I like guns, so I was thinking about a gun. Uh, and I'm going to go get me a gun. And the Holy Spirit said to me, buy him a washing machine. I didn't give you that for you. You're just the repository. Pass it on. It's not yours. Pass it on. Go and love somebody else. Don't make yourself the center of everything. Allow someone else to be the center. Love others more than you love yourself. Be more concerned about others than you are about yourself. Most of us spend most of our lives, most of our time thinking about our own selves, our own situation. Woe is me, all of my needs, what God can do for me. And when you're a babe in Christ, that is natural, that is normal, God expects that. But I'm saying to us today that some of us are no longer babes in Christ. And God is calling us to begin to look away from ourselves and to look to the needs of someone else. He's been good to you already. He's already given you all that you need. And now he's saying to you, be like me, go out and give to someone else and be liberal to someone else as I have been to you and in this way you represent God in the world and some person who may be destitute and without it feeling like they're abandoned that person gets encouragement and hope to believe hey somebody is looking out for me yeah yeah you have the power to do that I hope that we all take this challenge and take our service seriously and begin to pray more intently about what God is calling us to do how God is calling us to be in this world. Let's pray. Father God, I cannot help but recall how you wooed me in over time by showing me kindness and by giving me favor. I and we are eternally grateful, Father God, for the love that you've shown us. Grateful that you've called us, grateful that you have elected us, grateful for your providence, grateful for your loving kindness and your tender mercies toward us. And now, Father God, we ask you to transform us by the renewing of our minds and to make us more like Jesus Christ, more selfless, more helpful, more kind. We're living, Father God, as you can plainly see, in a difficult time, in a confusing and chaotic time in the world. And there are threats that seem to abound all around us and make us feel defensive and cause us to desire to shut this cold world out. But you've called us to these people at this time. You have saved us for such a time as this. Show us the way. Show us how we can best reflect the love of Jesus Christ to our neighbors. Give us the capacity of compassion that is necessary, Lord God, to run with your vision. To be the generous and the kind people that you have called us to be. Bless us with hearts of service like never before. Hearts of compassion. May our hearts, Lord God, break for this dying world, for those who are destitute, for those who are without, for those who lost their fathers and lost their mothers, those those children, those, those orphans, the widow, the hungry and the needy and the thirsty and the sick. Help us, Lord God, to grow in our compassion for others so that we can bring your name all the glory by being a representation of your loving kindness to this dying world, in Jesus name, amen.